Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Let's face it, guys. Retail's a chaotic world. From those who work on the shop floor to the ropey customer trying to wangle a refund on a sweaty yet supposedly unworn pair of pants. We all have a story. We chat to the sales assistants shackled to the cash desk, hoping and dreaming for that big break that will free them from the shop floor once and for all. And also to the incredible shop workers who love what they do, but struggle to pay the rent or even dare to dream of getting on that elusive property ladder. We're giving a platform to the shop owners who are transforming the retail landscape and the family businesses who continue to make retail work against all the odds. Jasmine, are you ready for a deep dive into life on the shop floor? Timothy, let's go. Hello, everybody. So, by some small miracle, <laughs> we actually realised some people on TikTok wanted to listen to us. We actually <laughs> have some followers. We have had some followers. We've had some love. And even some hate. Equally some hate. Which seems all part of the process. What did someone say this week? I was talking about the struggles of <laughs> getting into work and not being able to afford the cheaper. Someone said, well, at least you have your grandparents' inheritance to lean on. And I think the worst bit was, because you have never really been on the internet, you wrote back, yeah, I can't wait for my grandma to kick it and I can sit on a pile of money. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you can't say that. People will actually believe you then. I know. I don't know. It's kind of funny engaging with haters, but I did take your advice. You're going to get arrested. You'll get yourself arrested, Timothy. It wouldn't be the first time. (laughs) So today we are talking about charity shops. The charity shop sector. We love them, we hate them. I've always loved a charity shop. Yeah. What's the hate? Well, I think people that work in them (laughs) pretty much hate them. Well, I mean, a lot of them are run by volunteers. So that's quite incredible. I know. That's amazing. And I read online loads of like, I've been going on Reddit, guys, to find a bit of information, dig deep. And so many people think that when you volunteer, it's a different experience because you're all motivated by the fact you want to help, which I think is really nice. You yeah, make friends. I, I mean, giving back, it's rewarding, right? Yeah. Have you ever given back? <laughs> <laughs> My mum's always encouraging me to. I really should. 
Everybody that I know that has said they volunteered, it's like, it's an amazing experience. I know, but I think I'd rather volunteer with animals. Really? Yeah. Are you an animal lover? I'm a big fan of animals. Oh, not dogs, though. Yeah. What? I shouldn't say I don't like dogs, should You're I? Gonna, oh, God, <laughs> I'm going to get a lot, this of, is like you a lot more hate. Smashing Beyonce. Oh, God. Yeah. You, you have to be really careful with these subjects. Beyonce, <laughs> dogs. There's a lot of love out there. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't feel the love either. I have a few facts for you. The original charity shop was like charity bazaars back in the day. And I... So bizarre's like the old name for a shop because I remember that Marks and Spencer that started in Leeds. It was a market stall in this really famous Leeds market, and it was called Marks and Spencer Bazaar. Well, it is bizarre. <laughs> well, basically, the funniest thing I read online about this was these bazaars. People were accusing women of let me get it right, insinuating and coaxing people with their ways. Isn't and that, that was, what retail is? Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm always coaxing people in i'm forever in, in was it insinuating yeah and coaxing so apparently it was unfair on men because you know they couldn't coax sellers in and sell using their sex that's the patriarchy trying to uh, put women us. down yeah interesting so women shouldn't be selling to the public or to men because that's a demonstration of their power yeah wow I think actually the best way to sell, if you can't sell yourself, Sex. how are you going to sell Sex. a product? <laughs> <laughs> That's Just my... Pull down that uh, neckline a little bit farther. Pull down my uniform. <laughs> <laughs> Hitch up that skirt. <laughs> and the earliest known fundraising shop, would you believe it? In Mayfair. The oldest? Yeah. And is it still there? No. Oh. What is it still there? <laughs> Someone's probably knocked it down and turned it to a... Block of apartments now. It's to support the mission in East London. I love that. What's Mayfair thinking East London. What's the mission? You know, like a mission where you would help homeless people or, okay. you know, people that are disadvantaged. I think that's the thing. Charity shops, obviously, their premise is to help and yeah. serve communities. But I think charity shops have transformed over the last 10 years. Yeah. I mean, my recollection of charity shops, I, my parents have always been massive charity shop shoppers so when i was a kid like every weekend being dragged from one charity shop to the other i hated it <laughs> they all smelt i don't know if anyone recalls charity shops in the 80s you obviously don't um but they were just kind of grungy smelly i don't know but served a purpose in communities it was affordable clothing like great books I imagine charity shops in the 80s as a real health hazard. I feel like if someone <laughs> even tried to light a cigarette in that store, the polyester would go bang. I think most of the assistants were smoking in the store in the 80s. I'm surprised they didn't set on fire because you know now when you go into those vintage shops and they so just all those man-made fibres. Yeah, I hate the feeling of those. You know when you go in and it's just like tent fabric. Mm. No, no, no. It's like when you buy accidentally, I bought uh, polyester bedding. Never again. <laughs> it was like a sauna. <laughs> you know when you cover those outfits to lose weight they're like foil lined and you get into them that's what it was like a few yeast infections bacterial <laughs> infections <laughs> nice <laughs> so i love a charity shop but i think that's my generation it's shifted towards a way of sustainably shopping yeah definitely. but also it's become really trendy to sort of wear i know when i was younger i started shopping charity shops when i was probably 15 or 16, because I didn't want to be wearing the same things as other people. Mm. 
And do you think that's driven by social media, that, that this desire to look different? Because obviously, I think with social media, everything becomes so homogenized. Everybody's looking at the same product. And you see it, don't you? People all wearing the same styles or picking up on the same trends. So I think charity shops offer an opportunity, like you said. To differentiate yourself. Yeah. And that's what I found it was. I would know. God, now I think back on it, it was so pathetic. But I'd be like, well, I'm only going to have these trousers because it was the only one in the store. So no one's getting these. Literally. They they probably looked awful, but I was... I mean, I suppose my question then is... Yeah, charity shops are great, but do you not find them incredibly expensive now? So expensive. Because people have jumped on the bandwagon. and Like they, you. Like the, the Gen Zs. <laughs> like me, the worst gen. But the also gen the resellers. Because like, my generation, I think, are always trying to find ways of making money online. in the unconventional way in online. And so Multiple they, revenue streams. Exactly. Passive income. <laughs> that's, that's the only reason we're doing this, quite frankly. We're trying, <laughs> but there are some of them are really good, and then they they've sort of taken all the the good stock out of the charity shops, and they've hiked up prices for the charity shops because they've suddenly clocked on of oh if they can yeah. sell this for twenty pounds and we're selling it for three why would we do that? I mean certainly I mean I think you and I are both buyers and resellers, and I'm always looking for an opportunity to make more money. Make so a if I quick s- buck. yeah if I see something in a charity shop or if I see something online that's priced really low and I know I can make a profit I will. So I'm always looking to monetize everything, where I suppose you go, you're going into charity shops for the unique product. Well, I'm also not as good as that, because if I see something I love, you I think, it. yeah, I'm like, why shouldn't I have that? Um, so I'm not as good as that. But it's a shame because you go in now and like, my boyfriend went in the other day. How This is a hilarious story. He rings me up and he's in a charity shop and he's going, is this a really bad thing to do? And I said, what, are you, what have he's you done? He's going to change the price on the ticket. <laughs> No, even worse. He said, I found this red jumper. It says it's £20. Already expensive. Which he's thinking expensive, but he really liked it. And he, and Cashmere? So, <laughs> it was like an M&S jumper. Okay, okay. And so he was like, quid. no way is this £20. So he obviously online, checked online, because now you've got your phone in the charity shop, you can price compare. Yeah. And he sees it online for like £2. So what he does is he goes up to the cashier and, shows them. and goes, I just can't believe this is £20. <laughs> He's the worst. This is for charity. Yeah. You know what I mean? God forbid we would give more money to charity. The worst kind of charity shopper. Yeah. The bargain charity shopper. I mean, that's the the thing. I price compare now in charity shops. And it's ridiculous. You should be getting a bargain. Um, Particularly with books. There's There's an Oxfam in Notting Hill that I go to. Always has amazing books. But the prices are outrageous. Like I look on Amazon, think in the secondhand books, and think, can I get this cheaper? Invariably, I can. And I think this is the issue. I mean, what were you saying? What's driving up the prices of charity shops? Well, with the reselling and the also reselling, and also the actual charity shops clocking on to the fact that they can achieve a higher price online, yeah. which is therefore driving up the prices in store. Because you can't have different prices. It's just a standardized price point. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, the whole point to charity shops, obviously to make money for charities, but it served communities that couldn't necessarily afford clothes on the high street. Or access these things like books and have access to items that they can share within the community. Like one person buys it, gives it back to the local area. And I think this is the problem. Although charity shops are diverting clothing and bric-a-brac from landfill, 
because now the prices have increased, they're actually driving people into fast fashion stores. So maybe kind of at one point would have shopped charity. Now, like you were saying about your boyfriend and the £20 M&S jumper, it's actually cheaper just to go into Primark. Yeah. And buy brand new clothes that will fit. Yes, you might only get a few wears out of them. But um, I think there's a problem there. So do I, because then also it prevents people who want to buy secondhand and are passionate about sustainable shopping, it forces them out of being able to do that. You know, if it's going to be full of Depop girlies and resellers in charity shops, you're going to be alienated and you can't afford to shop there. I think that's the other point, isn't it? I think charity shops now are competing with the likes of Vinted, with Depop, with eBay. And also now people who historically probably would have donated their clothing from their wardrobe to charity now monetize their wardrobe they see an opportunity to make cash so it's not being donated so charity shops have an issue there with with getting quality product through the door because they just get the scraps of what people don't think they can sell themselves and then it's even harder for the charity so potentially that's also driving up the prices you know because that's going to reduce footfall isn't it i mean charity shops have transformed in the sense that they look so much better these days oh my gosh have you been in trade in dalston yeah it's great isn't it i love that place yeah it's like a proper store really cool and i think probably mary portis was kind of the kind of driving force behind that i think about 10 years ago or something she does a series um and to try to reinvigorate charity shops to give them more of a kind of boutique feel yeah um, but that's a huge cost for charities, you know, to trying yeah. to overhaul these stores. And again, that's going to reflect in the price points. And you the know? clientele, right? And like cli- you're Yeah, you're alienating people again, you know, they give it a boutique look and it can be intimidating for people. Exactly. But also, I think what's really interesting about the charity sector is now I've found that there's a department store, charity shop department store. Love this. Insane. It's called charitysuper.mkt. Shout out to them, not sponsored. Charity dot market then. Yeah. <laughs> but they do these huge pop-ups all around the UK and they bring all these charity stores together under one roof and obviously they take up spaces like old top shops that have closed down, big wow. retail spaces. a lot spaces, of dead stock as well. A lot of dead stock. And they go in and they... So multiple charities operating side by side in a department store kind of It's like of a feel. mecca for charity shopping. Love that. It's you insane. know what that reminds me of? You know those kind of vintage by the pound sale that travel yes. all over the country? As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. 
That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And also the like weighted sales. You know when you go in and it's like. Yeah, that's what I said. Buy the pound. Oh, I thought like, you by meant. weight. <laughs> I thought oh, you yeah, meant no, buy the pound coin. I was like, that seems no, cheap. I'm showing my age now. Buy the kilo, not the pound. We're in the metric system now, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, they've obviously picked up on that model. So, where was the first one? First one was in Brent Cross, London. Okay, cool. They've got one coming in Glasgow, I believe. Yeah. Which should be really fun. They've done some in the north. Uh, they did one in Brighton, Bristol. So they go to big cities. So basically. that's really trying to appeal to that younger customer, and isn't it, it looks fab. Like it's, it, I think the person who started it's like a designer or has his own design studio. So all the marketing super well done. It's so not just they, regular. Are they editing then? There must be an edit of the clothing to yes. make sure that oh, it's. Yeah. Because it's almost like when you used to go to Topshop and they had all the little concessions. It's, it looks exactly like that. You've got a bit like when you go into a department store and you've got the little sign above the rails and then there's little areas you can tell. Mm. And it's well curated, you can see. It's, there's no th- baskets of random clothes. Yeah. No, that sounds amazing. We should go. I know. Glasgow, though. I know. A bit far for us. <laughs> Maybe Can't not. afford that yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing. Um, charity shops. Yes, you can have a new shop fit. But actually, you need someone that can go in and edit, you know, make sure that the product on offering is really strong. The prices are competitive. You know, often you go in and they're priced more than they were at full price. I know. That's going to put people off, isn't it? Exactly. And also the people that choose charity shops to buy from because, you know, they have loads of kids or they, they need access to a lot cheaper clothing. It's like now this is a really big issue that I find really frustrating is that loads of girls in fashion are wearing like kids clothes you know they're wearing like kids t-shirts as a crop top Cropped, yeah and i understand the style of that the baby tee but i also think that it's really an issue if you have a load of children and you want to dress them and you can't find any clothes for them well what you you know you can only find trousers for them well off you go to primark exactly so you're therein lies out. the problem yeah and so you miss out on that quality that you would get in the charity shop because it might be donated from another store. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, that like charity shops like my parents, we were, they were serving a purpose. I'm one of five. You know, imagine yeah. trying to clothe five kids. And it was the day before, pe- it was the time before people were monetizing their wardrobes. You would get in, you get amazing finds, so much cheaper. You know, and it's just, unfortunately, charity shops, I'm not sure, are catering to people that need cheaper clothing anymore. I think they sometimes forget their audience. But also, you think about, like, at school when you have fancy dress days and things yeah. like that. That was the first school place uniform. you'd go. Yeah. Like kids outgrowing school uniform. So expensive school uniform, yeah. You could just go into a charity shop, find a little skirt, off you go. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, uh, in terms of the pricing, I read that charity shops in this country get 80% business rates relief. And then they can also apply to their local council to get business relief on the remaining 20%. So what we're having happen, 
and I think we see that a lot in regional towns and cities, is so many charity shops on the high street. So the high street's no longer diversified. They're just charity shop after charity shop. When really, I think the government and local councils need to be looking at how to offer business rates to other independent retailers to help to, to re-diversify the high street. Definitely, and have independent people coming in and offering other options. Yeah. Instead, but I have actually got some information about things that have been found in bookshops. In a bookshop? Charity oh, bookshop? Charity bookshop, yeah, of course. Okay. This one's so good. The Joy good. of Sex. Your favourite book. <laughs> <laughs> the Oxfam Bookshop in Hern Hill. Guess what that came, which book came into their possession? It was a first print. First Har edition. Harry Potter. No. The Bible. <laughs> the first print, <laughs> what? Handwritten by God himself. <laughs> no, tell me. James Bond. First edition of James first Bond. First edition, that's it. Uh, they couldn't trace the donor, okay? They would be f beating themselves they up will be going, once they read about this in the Daily Mail. It was Casino Royale, and they went to sell it for £12,000. At auction. Yep. And Smart. I'm pretty sure that what I read was the donor did come forward after seeing that, thinking that was my holiday And they gone. were like, that's £12,000, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no, they were, they were more than happy that it went to charity. But I think that is rare now because like we were saying, charity shops are checking the prices. They know that if something's particularly valuable, they're putting it on their own website or they're sending it to auction. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You no. know, obviously it's great for the charity sector, but for the bargain hunter, the person going in, those opportunities to find People would go to charity shops looking. And then they would find that. And yeah. themselves, they I'm would like, make that I got that a steal. Trip. I got this for a pound, you know. Made 12, 12 grand. Made 12 grand. I think those days are long gone. No, I see those people on um, TikTok. I watch these videos of this woman. I can't remember her name. But she found the most incredible plate that was painted by Picasso. She literally got it at a market for five By quid. Picasso. Yes. I swear <laughs> to God, it was painted. It was like this really rare plate. And there are people on TikTok doing that. They go to these places specifically to look for things. Mm. And she just sort of saw the plate, thought it looked nice, found it was one of like the rarest plates ever. So there are still opportunities there are to, very to limited, grab though. a bargain. A lot limited. People because with the internet, people are able to research. Like if you're working in a charity shop pre-internet, if a, if a first edition Casino Royale came in, you'd go, this book's seen better days. Yeah, and you would know it was a... A first edition, but you wouldn't necessarily know its value. No. You know, that's the point. And you probably wouldn't look nowhere to look to find the right buyer because now with the internet, you have access to like the whole world yeah. to buy it from. At your you? fingertips. Yeah, exactly. So that was a really good one. Another great one was the British Heart Foundation found a rare Beatles record, Love Me Do Vinyl, one of only 250 made, and it was listed at 1,060 pounds and went for 9,400. Wow. What a steal. Wow. How good is that for them? Making. Yeah, I think, so there are still opportunities. We just need to go straight to a charity shop after this. Yeah, you do. Right, <laughs> rifle through those rails. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It was a record, was it? Yeah. 
those are the rare things really yeah and vinyls had a massive resurgence now so i mean oxfam used to have music stores that were just records i think all over the country so they had oxfam bookstores oxfam music stores so i mean that i think people are definitely going in looking for vinyl for sure oh yeah i mean what's the best thing you found in a charity shop i've had finds in the past i think the last thing i bought was like to resell it was a vintage moschino you know the classic with the gold lettering yeah i think it was a fiver and probably sold it for like 50 60 quid so that's quite a good markup yeah but it's in an affluent area and i think that's the thing if you go to more affluent areas you get really great product but people that's the problem though people go to different areas to find stuff now when i go home or if i go anywhere else in the uk there's Mm. much better stuff in the charity shops because the locals haven't caught on to some of that yet yeah in the same way and also the trends you know like i a few years ago like murano glass an italian glass company had a real resurgence was big in the 70s and like you'd go into a charity shop in london like 50 or 100 quid i'd go home to my parents in yorkshire you could pick them up for like a fiver i know like trends take time to kind of spread out don't they yeah definitely so what have you found i have this amazing pair of shoes i remember finding them and i'm very bad because if i like something even if it's a size smaller i will wedge my foot in there like there's no tomorrow Mm, i've seen your feet i can tell that that's what you do And I found this shoe and it was mo- it's molded. It's like a plastic shoe. A bit like a bit like something you'd put on a Polly Pocket or a Barbie. You know, like the little like well, made plastic. Made of plastic. Yeah, it literally looks like it came out of a mold. Okay. And it's brown and then it has like a like soft insole. It's Italian. And then it's like a wedge, but it has a big circle in the that heel. sounds hideous. Okay, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, I call it my donut shoe, but it's got Your like a huge circle. sweating in it. I mean, I'm wearing it outside, taking them off. I'm not wearing them for long, but it's got this little circle in the back heel. And I remember finding it and thinking, yeah, get in. Get in. It wasn't, probably wasn't cheap. It was like 20 quid for a charity shop. I was like, okay, fine, yeah. 25 pounds. And, uh, and then did you look online and find out it's true worth? Yeah, I can't remember what the worth was, but I remember finding like very few online. It was by some Italian guy who made sort of molded shoes. Interesting. I should have brought them in. Yeah, a bit like Patrick Cox, those kind of rubberized shoes. Definitely, yeah, just like that. I mean, it was all one block. Yeah, of material. yeah, yeah, made from one piece. Yeah, yeah, very cool. That's my favorite find. Well done. <laughs> no, I mean it's good if you buy something and love it and keep it. Oh yeah. I mean, invariably, I get to the point where either I'm bored of it or I need some money, you know, and I raid my wardrobe and think how can i make some money you've been doing that this week though haven't you yeah i've been doing loads of vintage selling so your parents um leaving the family home yeah hoping to leave sell up the problem is though with me is loads of my stuff when i go to a charity shop like i'll see some plastic tat on the shelf like a plastic cat that i could put somewhere and i go that will bring me joy really yeah i hate bric-a-brac i love things with that serve no purpose I used to. I went through that period. Now I'm just, I don't like stuff. I don't like to have too many possessions. Oh, you're so Any, holy. Anything that can gather dust, it's a no from me. What are you doing? That's why I'm single. What about that haircut? <laughs> <laughs> have you heard about Wabi Sabi? So in Japan, this is the thing about observing the beauty in imperfection. So like in this country, we break something, it goes straight to landfill, or we try and palm it off to a charity shop. In Japan, uh, wabi-sabi, so say you kind of cracked a plate. Oh, I know this. They would put the plate back together. And where the crack was, they would infill it with, with gold. gold. 
you know they see the beauty and the imperfection the story that that can tell and I think that's amazing it's a shame you don't see the beauty and imperfection I know. that's why you're at the surgeon all the time <laughs> <laughs> I've had nothing down judgment <laughs> I'm a natural beauty. <laughs> Shane, they can't fill your cracks with gold. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> Trust me. Another thing related, the car boot. I did one the other day. People the one in are... Stoke Newington? No, I did it at Battersea. Yeah. Battersea Car Park. And Okay, that's affluent area. Yeah, you would think so. Were people trying to get a better price? Were they haggling? Oh, People didn't want to pay over a pound for anything. I was like inside my soul was being destroyed because I was looking at a t-shirt thinking I was a Muppet and paid 20 quid for this and you want it for 50p. The problem is if I've ever done a car boot, you know, during the selling, I'm falling back in love with the product I'm trying to get rid of. I'm like, I'm just going to put that back no, in. No, no, this happened to me, okay? <laughs> I know word of a lie. This girl comes around with her mum. I've got this lovely like satin dress that's all plaid. And um, she's like holding it up to herself, trying on. I was like, oh God, I love her shoes. And I was like, oh God, that dress looks so looks good bit, with those shoes. It looks a bit too good on her. I'm going to tell her it's sold. I was like, oh my so God. I'm it, sorry, no, that's actually sold. Even worse, you know what I did? So she was, her mum was like, I love it. I love it. She wasn't so sure. I was watching her thinking, I freaking love this dress now. Now I've seen her style it. Thanks for the first style advice. They went around. <laughs> they went around the thing to come back and. What think, they were like? They were like, we're about, about it. Five minutes. They didn't need to think about it. I thought about it and Sold. I put it right back in the car. <laughs> I literally <laughs> threw it in, put it under the front seat, and my boyfriend's like, "Oh, you've left something. We forgot to put this out." I was like, "No, no, no. Keep it down there. <laughs> we are not selling this." And she comes back oh, and no. she's like, "Oh my gosh. Oh, it must have sold. Oh no." And I went, "I'm so sorry." You win some, you lose some. <laughs> Cut to me, my Instagram, in the dress, <laughs> which doesn't find me. <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And... Don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.